Hello, I am Juliette Littman, and I am one of the co-hosts of Ringer Dish. Ringer Dish is the podcast for all things celebrity and entertainment. We've got you covered three days a week. So if your friends are sick of talking to you about, I don't know, celebrity real estate or the latest with the royal family or whatever Jennifer Lopez is up to, well, then you definitely should subscribe or follow Ringer Dish wherever you get your podcasts. On Mondays, you'll hear from me and Amanda Dobbins on Jam Session. On Wednesdays, you'll hear from Erica Ramirez talking about pop culture through the lens of friendship and friendships we see on the screen. And on Fridays, you'll get all of the tea on Tea Time with Liz Kelly, Kate Hallowell, and Amelia Wedemeyer. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out Live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there. Real ones, Monday edition. Roger, I'm on the East Coast right now, and our producers are are mad at me because they are all on the, on the West Coast, um, and they have to wake up really early. But I gotta say, you got it. You got it. You got it. Really nice being a uh, setup being here on the East Coast, man. I, I have my, my breakfast here. I have my breakfast. I have my like my, my, my coffee. I have mm. my whole vibes. Before the ten o'clock pod, we usually go at noon Eastern. Raja, you got it made on the East Coast, bro. I mean, you clear you out some of that fog. I appreciate. It. I mean, well, the East Coast is the best coast anyway. But uh, uh, as far coast, as the yeah, as far as the potting goes, yeah, man. Like I'm up. Like I said, I'm two cups of coffee deep. I don't really eat until eleven. I'm on that little kind of intermittent journal, trying to trying to trying to shed a few, but. uh yeah, I mean it's you know it's really tough for these gentlemen. They were they were in the they were in the meeting before you got here, and let's just say you are persona non grata this morning, my brother. Okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. I got I got one as soon as I got on the on the riverside. I got a, <laughs> a, a f u by all three. I don't even know why Raja said f u to me for for no reason. I take I, I take no any op- I take any there. opportunity any opportunity I can bandwagon <laughs> with someone else to do that. Like consider it done. <laughs> <laughs> all right man speaking of jumping on championship bandwagons let's talk about the eastern conference mm. and a trade i could tell you were up early this morning i could tell i could tell that's smooth i was up i was up that's smooth locked in, all right man, dog. all right let's dog. go we let's gotta go get the season started media days let's tap the fuck in all right anyway so drew holiday traded to the boston celtics um in the wake of 
the Damian Lillard trade, which we will get to um, in the next segment. But I want to talk about this Drew Holiday trade because it was the arms race after the initial arms race, it seemed like, happened, right? Everybody over the summer was trying to get uh, Dame. And as soon as Drew Holiday was in the deal, people, uh, he got uh, Drew Holiday got traded to Portland. And as soon as he even – I don't even think Drew Holiday even touched down in Portland to do a physical or anything like that. But as soon as that happened, there was an arms race to get Drew Holiday. I know um, the Celtics ended up getting him. Brian Windhorst had a really good uh, piece talking about uh, the teams that could be good for Drew Holiday. I think the Warriors were uh, included in that. Um, the Celtics ends up getting him. Uh, they uh, the the Boston Celtics trade away Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon for Drew Holiday, um, and also some picks are in there as well. Does this the street? Some of the streets are saying this that this makes the Celtics the favorite in the Eastern Conference. Do you believe that to be the case, Roger? No, I, I don't believe this definitively makes them the favorites in the East. I think it it brings them up to the Milwaukee level because when Milwaukee swung the trade for Dame, we didn't we haven't discussed it on this pod, but I thought that made them the clear favorites in the East, whether that be fractionally or you know it, to some degree they were going to be the favorites in the East with those two. I think that this move for Drew Holiday, uh, when you put him with Tatum and Brown, and if Porzingis is healthy, you know I think this puts them in the conversation. With Milwaukee again, I don't think it makes them necessarily the favorites in the East. I think the same. I, I it's just that front court, man. I think that you know uh, Boston is really guard heavy. They have a lot of wings, and I'm not. When it comes down to it, you and you see the uh, like this is going to probably be the Eastern Conference Finals at least on paper right now, right? So let's look at the Eastern Conference matchup with the Bucks and the Celtics. Now, the Celtics obviously have the wings of Tatum and Brown. But when you we all know this. The best player in the series always wins. And the best player will be Giannis. And he happens to play in the front court where you have a guy like Porzingis who doesn't, isn't known for his defense, right? And then you have a guy like Al Horford who at a point in time was known for his defense but is you know, getting a little long in the tooth. And that's not somebody you probably want to rely on during big stretches of against a Giannis. And you traded away Robert Williams, one of your best defensive frontline pieces. I don't see that being um, a recipe for getting over the hump if you're playing Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference. Now, if they don't, if they don't, it's a long season. If they don't face uh, Milwaukee, they get another, they, they have another path to the finals, and I think that they're good. But as of right now, if you're putting the, the, the Celtics against the Bucks, I, I just don't see it just based on roster construction. And what I've seen out of the the front court of Boston defensively for on other teams. Yeah, well, I mean, if you were to get Boston and Milwaukee, it would be just a classic chess match of of two contradicting types of rosters and styles that they want to play, right? And who would be able to force the other team, you know, into their style of game um, more often? would probably be the team that won. Obviously, you, you talk about Milwaukee's size and length. You're talking about across the board. You know, Chris Middleton's a big guard, big wing, Giannis, uh, Brooke, Brooke Lopez, uh, Bobby Portis. You know, you've got, you've got a lot of, you got a lot of physicality and length defensively and, you know, offensively as well. And then obviously the Celtics are more wing and, and perimeter oriented, if you will, and they're going to shoot a lot of threes and, and, 
sometimes that can be a challenge for length to get out there and defend that in, in some capacity, right? And so which one of those got the better of the other in that chess match would be an interesting thing to see play out. Now, when you throw Dame in the mix and you didn't have you didn't have Marcus Smart and Drew hadn't been traded for yet, I thought that was that was the 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 part that would get me over the hump. Like in in that type of chess match, Dame, there's really no answer for him over there in Boston. Like that's the wild card, right? Like we're you secured it, Milwaukee. Good for you. Then you go get Drew. And Drew is one of those guys that is a Swiss Army knife defensively and can do a good job on on one twos and and threes given the opportunity, um, and so that that's that that makes it more interesting for me. And so like you know, and there's a, a really little bit of an antidote player. there now. He's not Damon Lillard level, oh, but he is a good offensive player, right? Yeah, he's really yeah. Good. I don't mean to, yeah, I don't mean to minimize that at all. But 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 I think as I'm as I'm thinking about where he would be the most valuable in a series like that, it would probably be in an answer to Dame's offense. And so, I mean, it would be really, really interesting. That's why I said I thought Milwaukee had it. You know, Milwaukee with, with the Dame piece was a trump card. Boom. I had them favorites in the East, whether they won it or not, favorites. And now you bring Drew in and it, it's going to get, it's interesting. Like I, I tend to lean towards size and and physicality and, and, and things like that, especially in the playoffs. But as we've seen the last couple of years, sometimes that's not it. You talked briefly on the, we haven't been able to talk about the trade yet. It's been a week. We talked about the Giannis-Dame partnership briefly. I want to dive deeper into that, right? Because everyone is talking about the pick and rolls and how they're going to play alongside each other. I think more than anything, this is just a great partnership because even when you had a Middleton and a Drew Holiday and you had all these guys surrounding Giannis, it was a... I feel like every on a night in night out basis in the postseason, it was who's gonna who's who else is gonna show up offensively to kind of help alleviate the burden on Giannis in the postseason, right? Whenever is it gonna be Middleton on a night? Is it gonna be Drew Holiday on a night? Like who is going to be the one that shows up? You're not gonna have that when you have Dave Lillard on your team. Like I remember a friend of the show, Kendrick Perkins, always says you need a guy that's gonna get a game for you. The right. Bucks now have two of those types of guys, right? And what I mean when I say get a game for you, the one that can score 50 and have and take over a game and win a crucial game on the road or at home, they have two guys that can do that. How important will that be for Giannis's time in Milwaukee? And in your mind, do you think that if Giannis sees this and is like, oh, I think I can stick around for a few more years? Or is what? Do, how do you think this helps Giannis stay or how is, how is this right. partnership going to flourish? Well, first, let me just touch on what you, what you said. You said Perk talks about having a guy that could get you a game. Yes, you absolutely need multiple guys that can do that. And when Milwaukee was at their best, when they were winning the championship, you, you didn't have to wonder where that point production was coming from to support Giannis on any given night. Chris Middleton was penciled in for it. Like he he was the guy that was on the run that was scoring the ball, having you know uh, career years, and so you had a a one A and you know one year when Giannis went out, like Chris Middleton won them the game with Giannis off the floor, so you had a one A one B or a, an A and a B, whatever you know you want to call that. And then last year, you know Chris had the injuries, he wasn't himself offensively, and so a lot of people stepped up, but you were hoping on any given night that one of those guys was going to step up. You can't be in that situation if you want to win championships. You got to know I'm, I, I got Giannis and 
And now I can hope on who number three is, but I can't be hoping for number two. I got to know who number two is. Like I got that in the bag, one and two, and then we'll roll the dice on number three. So I think, you know, Dame gives them that in spades. And on top of that, it would be really interesting to see is what Chris Middleton looks like coming back two years removed or a year and a half removed from the injury. Like, can he bounce back in, in just to form? Like if, if he comes back and looks like three quarters to four fifths of the player he was a couple years ago when they won a championship, you've got a lot of firepower over there offensively to go along with what I talked about defensively. So let me, sorry, let me get to the Giannis, the Giannis part. I, I think if you're Giannis, if I'm being fair to Giannis, he's probably still looking at the the the, the situation and seeing how the experiment kind of unfolds. Like, how does how does this work? And and that's fair. But from the outside looking in, you know, the Bucks have done everything they can to 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 show Giannis that that they mean business in his window of opportunity, and they will do whatever it takes to get him and that team as close to a championship as possible. Now, once we get that close. You know, we got to catch some good breaks. Obviously, health is an issue and players got to go out there and play and produce. But as far as what we can control as a, a front office and as an organization, we we will spare no expense to get you where we need to go. And so I think they've done everything they can. And I do think that 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 goes a long way with Giannis. I always think about what stars like this post the decision era. Um, like stars like Giannis, I think about uh, stars. I always bring up Luca in this as well where players are so good that they put the pressure. We talk about this a lot on the real ones anyway. The players are so good they put pressure on everyone around them, including the front office, to be great at all times. And I always think about the years before LeBron you know, left Cleveland to go to Miami. And there were a lot of these trades that, did like kind of seem like panic trades and things like that. And like, you know, trying to get an Antoine Jameson or trying to get a Shaquille O'Neal way past his prime. Right. And just to say, Hey, LeBron, look, we're giving you these things. We're giving you these types of players. Don't you see us trying? And I always am weary of that with, with players that are with teams that are about to do like, I'm, I'm weary. I'm always looking at what the uh, Mavericks are doing to, to help Luca. And right. I'm always looking at that for Giannis. But this is completely different than the pre-decision LeBron era where Cleveland is just getting people right. And I say that to say, like, I'm, I'm if I, had, I could have a conversation with Giannis, it's like, yo, man, Milwaukee's out here trying to get you a – they got you a Hall of Fame point guard. And 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 still got tread on the tires, still can drop 60 on a given night, right? And it's giving you that help. You're – the grass ain't always greener as we know, Raja, you know, like if you try and I get the the fact of people of, of him, maybe people being in his ear or maybe him thinking like, Hey man, I might need to be in a bigger market. I might need to for this types of the, all these different things. But if you get a hall of fame point guard and that's, that's, that shows me. And it sh- I hope it shows him that front office is legit echoing everything that you said, Rob, that not only they're legit, they're going to continue to try to put people around you and not take you for granted. You can't promise that other teams will do that in this league. Well, yeah, you, you certainly, I mean, just, just look around at some of your, your peers that are in situations, you know, well, ask Dame Lillard when he gets there, what that's like. Do you know what I yeah. mean? To be in a situation where for whatever reason, and I'm not throwing any shade at anyone, but forever, for whatever reason, 
over the course of an entire career, you can't find the necessary help, you know, to get him over the hump. And so, I mean, he'll have a dude sitting right next to him that can answer that question. Um, It's, you know, it's always tough, you know, as a player when you're in it to have great perspective. You know, this is something that I realized, you know, once I played, you're in it, you see it one way. There's very little ability to to kind of step outside uh, from yourself and and look at it from someone else's angle or from you know from that ten thousand foot view. And so when you have the ability to do that, sometimes things look a lot different, you know. And so I only say that to say well, when you're a player, you know, you you just feel like you know your world and whatever you have going on is 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 all that really matters. And that's not always the case, you know. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of moving parts. And there are a lot of situations, to your point, Logan, that if you went and looked at someone else's, you'd have to say to yourself, well, my shit ain't that bad. And so you got to be real careful, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're, listen, I know from, I know, I know. And I, I'll just tell a story like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I ain't not Giannis, but, you know, that Suns team, they fired Mike D'Antoni. I, I didn't really love what was going on there. Terry Porter came in and, you know, Terry Porter's a great dude, man, but, but he was trying to change up everything we had going on. I wasn't the only person disgruntled. I could tell you that. I sat in cold tubs with a lot of brothers that was not excited about what was going on. And, you know, at times you'd wonder whether it'd be better somewhere else. Well, I found out real quick. Took my ass to Charlotte. It's not. It's not better. It's not better. Nope. It's not better right here. <laughs> you know, so you got to be careful. You got to be careful about doing that. <laughs> you got it's watching, tough. I was it's watching. Tough uh, I was watching. I was watching. Uh, Cowboys uh, Patriots yesterday got to the hotels watching it right and this was uh, Ezekiel Elliott's uh, return to Dallas <laughs> and yeah. if you see if you see the uh, if you see the uh, the score from yesterday it tells you all you think you need to know but there was so many like zoom in shots of Ezekiel just depressed <laughs> just so sad about the current circumstances <laughs> he's like looking up at the, uh, the Jerry World screen like this Bullshit, <laughs> right? But yeah. like it's it is yeah. like that, right? Like it, it, you do feel that a lot. You do feel like that now. To some, he's a little different than Giannis because you know Zeke didn't really fully control his his destiny because of where he was in his career versus where Giannis will be when when he's got a decision to make. Um, but I would just say again, Milwaukee has done everything they they can to my to my knowledge um, to continue to put you in positions like they fired a, they fired a coach that won a championship a couple years ago um, because for whatever reason, they, they didn't think, you know, that was the answer moving forward. They, they've, they've, they've not been afraid in any capacity. They hopped in on a Dame deal that no one really saw him, you know, as viable, you know, players in, got that done. Um, they've kept, they've kept the structure and the bones of the organization basically intact. Like, you, you know, Drew is a tough piece to lose, but Drew came into that once it was kind of established anyway, right? Like Drew, Drew was the piece that got yeah. him over the hump in my opinion, but a lot of that structure was already there. And so they were able to keep a lot of those pieces. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think that, I think that goes a long way. If I know Giannis um, and I, I shouldn't say it like that because I don't fucking know Giannis, but if Giannis is who he appears to be in all of these press conferences and the way he 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 handles himself and what he seems to put stock in if if that's who he really is then I do think this goes a long way and and Giannis understands hey man this is this is now on me and my teammates and my coaching staff because they're doing their job if you're Miami 
how are you feeling at this moment? How do you, <laughs> is, is, are you, are you like, fuck, we could have got, we, if we just would put one more piece, yeah. we could have got, I'm on the, I'm on the, before you get to your answer, I'm on of the mind of like, I don't think with what, with what the Blazers got for Dame from Milwaukee and what they were asking for from Miami, I don't think Miami would have been as good with Dame on the roster because they would have gutted that team that would have everything that would have made them good their depth all those things right what had to go what had to go to what had to go what had to go to um portland if miami were to be the one that did it what were they asking they wanted to give up tyler hero they wanted to and i know that's something that you do on paper but they didn't have the depth of a deal this is the this has been the heats reported off or a deal centered around tyler hero two first round picks along with a contract like Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson, as were Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Um, I, if you get, I don't see that. <laughs> Ron is like, we got action. What are you, what, what is your, are you, are you with that trade? Do you want that to happen? Would you, would you have been, would you have been good to part with that? We got action all day and twice on Sunday, bro. Like we, we're, yeah, we got action. If I, I mean, just me personally, if, if you're telling me I give up Tyler Hero and and or Duncan Robinson and uh, and uh, Kyle Lowry who played but, but look both played great and some and some picks yeah I'm probably to get Dame and pair with um, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and whatever else is around there yeah I'm probably doing that that's probably going to get are you done. sick to your Given, stomach you know, if you're the I'm heat not, right now though I absolutely sick to my stomach if I'm the Heat well because not only did you know not only did I not get him. Um, when I was that close to getting him, but he now stands in the way of of, of, of the, the two teams were made better by the trade, right? Like two teams that we have to go through were made exponentially better by the trade. Milwaukee and Dame was going to the Eastern Conference. Dame was going to the Eastern Conference. He was not going to the West, and there was an arms race to get him for that fact only, right? Because like he he's not he was they weren't going to trade him. So, the so we're to the Lakers. Milwaukee and Boston are now better than they were, right? You know, so so yes, if I'm the Heat, now if, if the Heat were like, look, that's too rich for our blood, I can disagree with you, but but you know, ultimately if that's where they were, then hey, they're probably not, you know, they're they feel good about it. And they they quite frankly should. Like they they are one of those teams that you know, are very particular about what they do and they feel really comfortable with some of the pieces even if they don't look like you know, the best pieces on paper, they feel great about their system and their development and how the fit works and their ability to get from point A to point B throughout the course of a season. So in the playoffs, they're viable. I got no beef with that. I'm not knocking that at all. But if you're telling me it was going to take Tyler Hero and or Duncan Robinson and 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 Kyle Lowry, Raja, yeah, dog, we could, let's make that happen. Yeah. It's going to be a fun season, man. It's going to be a fucking fun season. If you have, to, if you, like, I'm really excited just to general, I'm really excited to see the, how the Easter Conference plays out and all of these things. Raja, before we get to the next segment, you brought this to the, to the, to the chat's attention because, you know, Kerm and Kai are probably have sleep at this point. They, they, they haven't, they, they weren't, you know, probably able to get through to this, but when you deliver the news of James Harden, a no show at media day to the chat, to the group. Um, he was pulling this again. This is something that 
we have talked about pre-pods throughout the summer and on the group chat periodically. You have thoughts, Raja? Let's get to them. What do you got to say about this, man? What's what, what's what's on your mind? Well, I'm not hella fired up. I'm I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed in in James Harden. I I don't know that I've ever been a James Harden stan, but I was never a James Harden hater, and I appreciate you know him as 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 a player and his skill set and so on and so forth. But the way he's moved over the last few years, you know, it's starting to wear thin on me. I, I could support it, you know, once you saying, "Hey, man, this is this is a situation not unlike Dame's, where I've been here for a long time. I've given my heart and soul." You know, my career is is closer to the end than it is to the beginning. Can we agree to disagree and just send me on my way, man? Can we can we figure this out? Here's where I'd like to go. You you pull that as a guy who's invested in and in, and in, in got as much equity in the league as James Harden. I, 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 okay, you pull it twice in a situation where you forced your way, you know, to this to this team. It was going to be a super team and. And by most accounts from the people I knew in the situation, you, you weren't holding up your end of the bargain in terms of what everyone thought this was going to be. And you're kind of stepping outside of that, asking for it to be something else. And now you're pissed and you want to take your ball and go home again. Now I'm kind of looking at you a little sideways. They move you to where you want to go and you're going to talk that shit a third time? Bro, now, I, now I'm out. Now, I'm, now, now you're... Now you're you know, again, this is this this is a bad look, and I very rarely say that players leveraging the power that that's been collectively bargained. I rarely say that it's a bad look because it is what it is. But this is a bad look. My thing with it, and I I, th- I want to preface by saying I think that James Harden is a phenomenal talent, one of the greatest shooting guards I've ever seen. Oh, what a basketball, especially one of the the, the, the best, uh, the guys that can like really carry an offense by himself. Um, but I got to say, he might be the most del- disillusioned superstar we have in the game right now. And not only disillusioned, but there seems to be no self-awareness at all from this dude especially over the last couple of years, right? Because on one hand, you could say this, oh yeah, I'm about my bread. I'm about to get my money. Nope, you actually you actually turned down a max extension. You weren't really about that, right? Then you say someone lied to you, which there's a bit more nuance to that. what happened in, in, in Philly. They couldn't talk to you because they got fined last time for tampering and trying to get you a deal. And also, and it looked very fishy to the league office. So they were trying to follow the rules so they can get you a deal. And then, even if you were did feel like you were wronged or lied to and all that stuff, you pick up your option and take away all of your leverage, right? So on all accounts, and we didn't even talk about the fact that you're really just out here like let, letting down your teammates by saying by opting in and then not showing up to camp. That's not what a leader does. Straight up, it's not what a leader does. And then you expect to get traded to the place that you want to get traded. You want to get traded to the Clippers? Come on, bro. Stop it. After you just showed your ass to the whole league, to the whole league for the third time in third straight year. Like, also, Raja, he got everything that he says that he wanted. You know how we just talked about how the Blazers weren't going to trade Dame to a Western Conference team or in division like they were going to trade. Nah, man. 
the Nets were so fed up with the shit that you were doing that they traded you in their division. They they traded you gave, miles down the road. Miles, hey man, take your ass. Go ahead, a man. train you, ride. You get a train ride. A the Accela Express. You know the fucking vibes. Ah, shout out, Ra. But yeah. you know, like it, it's just the when I think about this, and it you can do that when you're. I honestly think I don't think it's like smart to do it at any times. But if you were going to do it, it's not when you're 33 and getting to that point where like players are done with your shit. Like people are, like it's, the whole league is seeing what's going on right now. It's not it's yeah, towards that's, the end of your career. But that's the interesting part. I heard Matt. I heard Matt Barnes and and uh, I think it was Stack and they they might have had Paul Pierce and was it KG on kind of talking about this and you know they were saying. You know, the, the legal put up with some of this BS, you know, when you're in your prime and when you're driving ratings and you mean, you know, a, a, a certain amount of revenue to the league. But as that starts to taper off and you're not the same person, you know, they don't they don't give you but so many chances. I don't have the number of chances you get for a player like me. Like there were <laughs> there were really no chances once I wasn't able to guard and shoot it the way I would. First, second infraction. Okay, that's about it, bro. Like, and I thought I had a couple more. Maybe I was wrong. They were, they were like, nah, yeah. bro. Like, you ain't worth that. You're not worth that now. Sorry. And so I only say that for James because most of us think that we're still more valuable than we are. And you think yeah. that this ain't gonna be the infraction where they draw the line and say, hey, man, we're not willing to put up with it anymore. You always think, now nah, I got a little bit more rope. Be careful, my boy. Be, be careful because he, do, he doesn't represent the same thing he represented the teams four years ago, three years ago, two, three years ago. Let's be fair. Three years ago. He doesn't represent. He, he had a good playoff run and all of that, but you're, you won't be getting better from here. You're not going to be getting, you know, uh, less injured as you continue to get older. You're not going to be in in appreciatively better shape as you get older like that you know what i mean so just just be careful roger have you ever seen a trade request or not even a trade request a guy calling out his gm and his boss at a club calling his boss a liar with the with the bottle service ladies have Whoa. you ever seen something like that like what the hell is going on like, what are you doing? The whole, you're acting like this is like this is the delusional part, though, Raja, because you think that's going to help you. You think that's going to like make the person want to to facilitate a trade, or if you do get a trade, is someone going to fuck with you? Like the league sees this. We all saw this and laughed. That's a that's the best point, and I I, I mean kudos to you for getting there because I, I I should have been there a long time ago. If I am every other team in the league looking at him now. Again, I could have told you after once, now nah, we're good. Like, we'll still swing at that twice. Red flags. We, we're on this now. I'm good. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. I can't, you, you know, in fairness, I've said this about players in the past. When, when you've shown me your ass this many times, I cannot trust you to not do that. If I roll the dice on that and it blows up in my face, I have no one to blame because you put it out there for everyone to see over and over again. And and if I if if I'm the if I'm the one that goes for it, then I'm just not listening. All the signs were there, and for that reason, I'm out. If you show me your ass enough, I'm gonna look the other way. All right, <laughs> I got time for that. Right. 
Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk about treatment of stars on the way out. The NBA season is almost here, so make sure you are ready for tip with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. From championship odds to player awards, FanDuel has you covered. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are going to win 60 games. Just putting that out there. I don't know if that's controversial or anything, but it's my pick. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of features like win totals, player stats, awards, conference winners, and more. And FanDuel is now live in Kentucky. Download the app now and take advantage of their great special offers and boosts to celebrate. So visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner in the NBA. Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issue is a non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two for $5 chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. And we are back. Whew. Don't release the tapes of that that last wow. uh, that last thing, Kerm. Don't release the tapes. I know you got blackmail on us. Anyways, um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about Dame Lillard a little bit because we, you know we're going to get to two days out the week soon. But since we do, we miss a lot of stuff that we want to get back to. So we missed the Dame trade, and I wanted to talk about there was this piece that Chris Haynes put out um, on the deal and inside the trade. Uh, for Dame uh, to uh, Milwaukee. And I got to say, I want to preface this by saying that the piece was very much Dame Lillard and his agent's point of view. Um, But there were a lot of tidbits nonetheless. Um, One of which, it basically tells the story of how Dame um, is going through this trade process and how he initially wanted to go to Miami and we already know about the the we'll get to it in a second, but we already know about the campaign that his represent that Dame's representation had to try to get 
uh, a trade for Dame to Miami and how all that all played out. But it talks about Dame's point of view on this one. After the trade didn't ever look like it was going to be Miami, he had a meeting, uh, Dame did, with uh, Joe Cronin, uh, the uh, who runs basketball ops in, uh, in Portland, and basically was saying, hey, man, if the Miami Heat thing doesn't work out, I'd love to come back. And Joe Cronin was like, uh-uh. It's we're we're too far gone, and there are a lot of more tidbits in that talking about how um, how how Dame uh, you know was feeling like, hey man, I set these games out for my an air quotes calf injury um, to get a higher pick because you know Joe Cronin said that he would get a veteran and trade trade the pick for a veteran and to help Dame and his championship cause and all of these things like that. Now, we're talking on this with the benefit of hindsight because Dame ended up going to Milwaukee with the generational talent. I honestly think he got the best end of this deal when it's all said and done. But my question to you, Raja, with everything that happened, because we got to remember, over the summer, there was a uh, there was a, a movement to get Dame Lillard to Miami from his representation. Right. There was his agent was talking to Miami newspapers. There was um, there was there was constant circling that Dame is trying to force his way to Miami. And I got to say that I do see it from Cronin's side where because also to add on that after that conversation that that everyone had in early September. They just cease communication again. The the uh, both sides, the Blazers and uh, Dame did, and, he, and Dame talks about this uh, instance with Chris Haynes, where um, he went to he was working out in Portland um, at uh, the Blazers facility, and Cronin wouldn't even talk to him. It got to that point. Um, who do you feel is in the wrong in this, or is this just how a negotiation goes? Because I feel like this is just how a negotiation goes, and I think everybody is kind of culpable in this because this is how the NBA works when a trade happens. Yeah, this is classic. This is this is even bigger than the NBA. When you stay in a relationship too long and everybody gets resentful of each other, you know, it gets messy and people aren't talking at the end. Do you know it just it 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 becomes a shit show. And so the expiration date on this, we people have been calling for it for a while, but you know, I think I think both parties are culpable. Um, you know, these relationships in professional sports. You know, although the 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 fan doesn't always see it like that, and quite frankly, ownership and players don't like. But it is it is a mutually beneficial relationship most of the time, right? Like you're providing me, you know, value, and you're helping my franchise, you know, exponentially increase in value by by being this phenomenal player and winning championships or what have you. And, you know, I'm compensating you in a way that, you know, otherwise there'd really be no avenue for you to make this kind of generational wealth. And so it's a win-win, you know, and it's all good. And so, you know, when it comes down to the time when you have to part ways, you know, typically that mutually beneficial type of relationship isn't honored if that makes sense. Like someone's asking for something that that's going to like player, for instance, is asking for something that is going to be in their best interest, regardless of what type of situation that puts the organization in or organization 
is going to say, hey, man, it's been real. Thanks for all of this. And then, boom, we're going to ship you off to to Siberia um, for for your for your you know golden years as a player instead of instead of maybe helping you out and sending you somewhere where you can win a championship. And that's when it gets messy, right? Because you kind of coexisted. Everyone's been happy. We're winning. Seats are packed. You're getting paid, you know, uh, all of this. And then it's time to part ways. And you're like, no, but this is what I want. And the team's like, well, that doesn't work for us. Or the team's like, we're sending you there. And you're like, man, don't fucking do that to me, man. I've been a good soldier, you know? And so that's where it starts to get messy, where where that relationship at the end, everyone wants to... I say this... You know, my wife has friends that have, 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 you know, had relationships kind of fall apart on them. They've been marriages that, that you look at from, from the outside and the two people, you know, seem to really get along and like each other. And, you know, she said to me before, like, no, this is, you know, when they go their separate ways, it's, it's going to like, it's going to be good. It's going to work. Like they understand. I'm like, nope, no, it's not. Because inevitably one of them is going to ask for something that, that pushes the boundaries of what the other one thinks is acceptable in this mutually beneficial relationship, right? She's like, oh, no, 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 no. Everyone understands. Like the kids, everybody's going to be fine. I'm like, watch. Yeah. And then one of them is like, yo, you know, I want custody on, on one more day a week and all hell breaks loose. Yep. You know, and then that shit yep. turns into a shit storm of just ugliness. And so, you know, that's kind of, as a child of divorce, you know, divorce, I concur. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and that's human nature. And so that's the same thing here. Like that, that shit was a good relationship. And then Dame is like, look, regardless of what this does to you guys, here's where I want to go. And I'm not begrudging him. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that he shouldn't feel like that. I'm not saying that that, that was out of pocket, but it is their right to tell you, Hey bro, that don't work for us. And that if it doesn't work for us, we're, we're not acquiescing to that. Like that's their right. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to put into context, like when a deal is happening and an agent is, you know, kind of trying to force their client to go somewhere, which is like what an agent is supposed to do. Don't get it messed up. This is what it is. But Mm -hmm. I see why Cronin ceased all communications over the summer with like damage and representation because Cronin felt, yo, man, you're you're messing up the deal that I'm trying to make. Like I can't, it's not, it's not helping me do my job. Right. At the end right. of the day, Cronin don't work for Dame Lillard. He works for the Portland trailblazers and he has to do what is best for the Portland trailblazers. And I think that also like, I mean, not for nothing. I think they did the, the blazers did right by Dame at the end. Like maybe he didn't go to Miami, but like he gets to play with Giannis and compete for titles. Yeah, I I think so. I say I like to say I think that like this can get repaired with time. Like at the end of the day, I think cooler heads will prevail because I do want to say like I went to uh, go hang with um, the Blazers a few years ago, a couple years ago. And Joe Cronin and Dame, like they had a really great relationship, like starting when when Cronin was a scout and they were both Raider fans, you know, so they were suffering mm-hmm. together as a Raider mm-hmm. fan. I know how this works, you know, but they were definitely suffering together. But, you know, they would go, Dame would go into Cronin's office and look at film and talk about um, the Raiders and and just kind of just talk about how the game was. And then Cronin goes up the ranks and now he's, he's head of basketball ops. And so I say all that to say, like, I do think that there's a resolution at here at some point, but this is the game. This is how it is. Like, when you talk it's about business. relationships in the NBA, 
like it's a business at the end of the day like we can be cool but at the end of the day business is business that's what it is that that is what it is that's what it's always going to be and well at least that's what it always will be with people who are good at their job that are sitting in those executive seats it, it's got to be about business and that's you know i've talked about that before on this pod about joining a front office with the Cavs and trying to illuminate to some of the people in the front office how how even though it's about business, we can make it a little bit more personal for the people that we have relationships with and respect the personal side of it without without compromising the business side of it, right? Like, but it is all about business. And so, you know, as a player, sometimes you learn that the hard way. Sometimes you learn that right when you get in the league. Sometimes you never have to experience that because it's like a fairy tale where you are and the city loves you and you're friends with everybody in the organization and it doesn't happen until you until you're later, you know, in your career. But to the point you made about where he was sent and thinking that the relationship can be repaired, most relationships, you know, in the NBA can be repaired. A lot of times you see a guy leave somewhere you know, again, he's in the middle of his career or at the end of his career, he's still in it. He can't have this 10,000 foot view of it. Same with the guy who traded him and everybody's pissed and upset. And you let a few years go by, you know, and, and, and those relationships are mended, especially in a situation like this, to the point you made, he winds up in a great situation, like a, a phenomenal situation. Now, I'm not sure exactly what his desire was. Was it to chase a championship or to live in Miami, I, I tend to lean towards chase a championship. And if that was it, you know, I think you landed in, I mean, I mean, that's one of the best, like top five places to try to achieve that goal, you know, I would say. And so, yeah. I, I think, mean, I think that they're the favorite to win the title this year. I'm sorry. I, 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 looking on paper, I think they're, the fa- they're definitely the favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference. I don't care what the Celtics did. Well, a lot of places, a lot of places, if he wound up there, he would have tipped the scale for them, right? So I'm just looking at top five in terms yeah. of, you know, th- those particular destinations where if he lands with them, oh yeah, 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 you, the, we we can see you winning the chip. So, so yeah, man, I think, you know, I I, I think it, I think it'll be fine, and I think Dame, you know, under understands deep down, you know, that his business. The interesting part for for me, and I don't I don't know how teams get to this because, you know, with with agents. I, I get why players come out and say, here's where they want to go, you know, but it doesn't help. It doesn't help getting you there. And in, 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 in some instances when you've probably, you know, lessens your leverage, honestly. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying now it's worked out for some people. So like I was reluctant to just flat out say that because sometimes the pressures of it, you know, and contractually you're in a situation where, you know, don't trade for me, dude, I'll never come there. And so that's where they wind up. You know what I mean? Like I'll never stay. So they wind up forcing their way to said place, but you know, in situations where you don't have that leverage, I don't, I don't understand how working out in public as an individual entity, meaning the player and his camp, makes any sense. Like, if you really were trying to achieve that, like, just work behind the scenes with the team in that regard. To, to, uh, you know what I mean? Where, where they can still do their job and try to leverage everything they can in return for you. I mean, I think about uh. To that point, I think about when um, in summer 2019, when the, out of nowhere, Oklahoma City was like, we're going to rebuild. You know, like we see these two guys that, you know, that we kind of wished into the road with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And um, 
they basically, Paul George was like, at the last minute, like, I want to go to the Clippers. And they facilitated a deal off of that, right? Got Shea Gilgis Alexander. Now, it helped Shea was on the Clippers at that point, and that was a great asset, mm. right? Like, that right. definitely helped. But there is a way you can do that. Um, but, I mean, with Aaron Goodwin, who's a, one of the best agents of all time, that's not his style. He's going to – he is – if you look at his track record throughout his career – he is a guy that will put the pressure on him and speak for his client in the press. It's happened with Dame Lillard. It has happened with Gary Payton. It has happened throughout a lot of his clients' career. Like, this is how he rolls. And mm-hmm. this, that's how it kind of crumbled. But, like, also, it didn't crumble in a bad way. He wanted to go play with Giannis. That's what I keep going back to. One of the things that... um. I wanted to ask you really quickly. I was reading on the ringer and I saw um, a friend of the show, Howard motherfucking Beck um, mm. wrote a piece on this superstar era um, and superstar empower empowerment era. And basically how this, uh, this Dame fiasco basically underscored the fact that this era is kind of coming to an end and it's not coming to an end, but it's, it's, it's reaching a place where, um, Teams are just like, uh uh-uh, nah. Like, teams are trying to take back control and take back their empowerment uh, throughout the league. And that's something I think that we've talked about throughout this podcast, Um, just with the inevitability. We talked about that when we talked about with James Harden over the years and, um, you know, a a few guys. Is this a symptom? Is this a symptom of that era ending or is that this is just kind of how it's always been when it comes to trading like how where do you is this like a change of the guard that a player can't go where he thinks where he wanted to go in the beginning like what, what do you, where do you see that right now well i think it's probably the, the fact that you'll have more and more teams fighting to not have to cave to a demand is a symptom of the player empowerment movement and you know we have talked about it at lengths you know as the cba you know is currently written players are going to be able to flex in a way um that if given into over and over again you know creates a monster so to speak so naturally owners general managers whoever's in charge of the franchises are going to do their best to try to push back once it becomes out of control, you know? And that's why I, you know, I said James Harden for me, it's disappointing because done responsibly and not abused. I think, you know, you don't have the knee jerk, like opposite type of reaction where we got to gain some more control, but, you know, exercised with poor judgment and, and abused, you're going to get people saying, Hey man, we cannot have this. Like we have to do whatever we can. And, you know, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, they, they extended the collective, like they extended the CBA, right? Like both parties decided to extend mm-hmm. the CBA. So, so money is good, right? Cause ultimately that's what it's about. Money is good. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's another do- thing though. We'll see, we, 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 we will see though with this new television deal, we'll see how it goes. Cause I mean, I'm just looking. Fair. I'm not like with, the, with how the money goes from in the next few years. Well, it's good. It's good enough for them to say we need to. Let's just stay where we're at right now. Like, and, and maybe you know that looming right. on the horizon had something to do with it too, right? But 
But so what my, my point would be overall is that you're not going to be able to like use that as a tool to regain some power if you're the owners, not right now, right? You can't go in there and say, hey, man, these are, we're not going for that. And you guys will be locked out until, until we get some leverage back, you know, on our side. So, you know, the, the tools that you have at your disposal are, are when these situations come up to have more of a backbone about it. And I do think you'll, you'll continue to see teams try to have as much backbone, you know, as they can in these situations and not just make it a practice to cave to them. We talked about this at length. I think this, the, from the player's perspective, it has been a curious case of too much dip on the chip for the last 10 years. You know, just like in, we think about the Ben Simmons situation, we think about the James Harden situation. There is a balance that you have to have with power. You know, you can only have so much of it where you're like, where the, <laughs> these teams are getting up off the mat. They're like, fuck that. Especially as this, this era of players are getting older and they're like, we're not, we don't have to deal with this, bro. But like, what are we going to do? You're going to have a year and then you're going to get disgruntled again. And then you're going to want to leave. Like, like we're, we're not going to try to deal with that specifically with this group of player, right? Like Luca goes on the market. Yeah. There's going to be concessions made for show, you know, but it's not going to be, I think with a lot of players, I think there might have been an inflated sense of value. We're seeing that right now with James Harden. We're seeing that with the multitude of guys around the league. I am curious the next time, you know, because the, the league is already doing, uh, putting in measures, right, where the, the load management uh, rule is a big thing on that, right, where you're going to play these games where you're just, you know, you're not going to be considered to get, you know, these bonuses and getting all these all-NBA things and the, the, the rewards that you get for playing you're not going to get them if you don't play a certain threshold it's going to be interesting to see the pendulum of power in the next five years because i think that's the biggest thing i could say about it right and the next cba collective bargaining agreement if this continues to happen because and it's also a twofold thing right because i don't want to also talk also like dump on the players because let's be honest the league benefits from all these trade requests and the interest and adam silver wants a 12 month out of the year league he wants that. And how do you do that? Infinite trade requests. What did we talk about all summer? James Harden and Dame Lillard. That was the whole talk of the summer league, right? So it's a twofold thing. I I just I'm very curious to see what what comes to a how this comes to a head and who gets blamed for it because the, the league is culpable in this too. They they are. And you know. And depending on where you're you're sitting you know, in, in, in the soap opera, whether you're the viewer or one of the participants in it, like you could have a completely different perspective on, on what it is to the league. So like, you know, some of the other owners, if, if Adam Silver's telling you, this is great for the league, man, we're being talked about all year round. It's going to help us when it's time to sell, you know, the, the TV rights again. And and you haven't been bitten by someone forcing their way out and you getting pennies on the dollar in return. You're like, Fuck yeah, it's great for the league. Let's go. Let's say hey, keep it going. Let you become one of those teams that had to give up your superstar for pennies on the dollar, and you gonna be talking about, hey man, we gotta nip this shit in the bud. <laughs> hey Adam, fuck you. We try yeah, to get I don't this done. give a damn what you talking about, bro. <laughs> slide me a first. Slide me the first overall pick. Then if it's like you know what I mean, like it. it so so yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to watch. And that like like anything in life. There's a balance, man. There's a there's a spot that we should be able to get to, or that that in in this utopia we get to, where you know it works for everybody, man. Like everybody's either slightly happy or they're slightly unhappy, but 
you know, no one feels like they've been shitting on and we're all making money. And so it's all, it's just all a balance. They got to find it. Yeah. Life all about balance. And, um, you know, which leads us to our next segment, man, because, uh, it's called real one of the week and I'm going to go first. I know you're not going to pick this person, so I'm just going to go first. It's more of a sympathy real one of the week. I'm really sad for this person. I hope he finds greater pastures and greener pastures. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams of the Oakland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Raiders. It's a tough go for my guy. He's the, one of the best receivers in the league. And he is tasked and has some of the worst quarterback play in the league every weekend and week out. It's a tough go for the guy. Um, I didn't even watch the Raiders game this weekend. That was just, that was just sad. But I, the last game I watched, I saw Jimmy G throw it into double coverage over the middle on uh, Devontae, and he got his bell rung. And I was like, "Why you got to do that, dude? Why you got to like? Why can't you just throw it to the best receiver in the league? Like, why can't you throw it when he's open? Why do you have to throw it in the in the get him killed?" Um, and that's been every week for Devontae Adams. And I just hope he finds peace. And honestly, he's not going to find peace unless it was another team. And this is also me saying I've given up on the Oakland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Raiders, Roger. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So my yeah, that's the a damn shame, bro. Adams. Stay strong, brother. Man, that's depressing, bro. I feel I don't even know. I don't I don't even know what to do after that. But allow me to attempt. Um, I'm gonna give a co real run of the week. You gotta bear with me for a second, because both of their teams lost. And if you wanted to and you didn't really and you're not really hearing what I'm saying, you 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 could say that it fell on both of their feet. You know, because they both made huge mistakes down the stretch that led to the loss. But it's two young NFL quarterbacks, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. And the reason I'm giving them real ones of the week is because even in the loss, um, and I have a connection to Justin Fields. Dia's quarterback coach trained Justin this summer. So I, I, I watched him work out and I got some time to talk to him and stuff like that. I don't really know Zach like that. But I know what a shell of a, of a, of a, confident person looks like because I was one at one point in my career, someone who was capable of doing a lot of things, but circumstances, you know, around me had me second guessing myself and my ability to do what I had always done. And why I'm giving them real one of the week is because for whatever reason, yesterday, it looked like two dudes went out and just said, fuck it. You know, I'm just going to let this shit rip. I can do this. Um, and they looked more confident and they looked more secure in who they were. And, you know, they didn't get the win, but the overall results in terms of productivity were completely different. And these were two dudes that over the last three weeks, damn, bro, you couldn't turn on a, a station without hearing one of these dudes getting eviscerated and, and their ability to play quarterback in the NFL brought into question. And so I was happy for both of them. I hope that they continue on that trend. And I would just say again, and I almost tweeted it and I was like, well, nobody really wants to hear this shit. Like it is amazing. It is amazing what someone empowering you and having confidence in you and trusting you will do for you in situations like that. You know, you're at a point where you could go either way because you're already down. And if you're managed and if you're babied and if you're kind of like, you know, uh, if you feel like that, you know, you, maybe you stay in that spot. But if someone says, hey, man, just fucking go do it, bro. Like we, we got you. We're going to build this plan around you. Like go rip. 
man, it's amazing what someone's someone's like ability to bounce back can be if they can find that right headspace. And I appreciated that, and I was happy for them dudes. Sucks that they both lost, but I liked seeing that in them. Just as I'd been there, and I appreciated the way they both looked. They had the look in their eye like they believed. And for that, they're both real ones of the week. Real shit, man. Real shit. Tough go for Zach, man. And Justin. Tough go, bro. You got got Joe Namath out here for you? It was tough. Fucking tough. Who knows where they go from here, you know, but hopefully that's the, that's a step and, and they can continue to get the support, you know, and, 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 um, you know, it's up from there. That's what I hope for man. Cause I, I, this shit, football, basketball, baseball, like I hate to see young players in that headspace. Cause it's, it's not about skill level all the time. A lot of times it's got more to do, you know, with other shit than that. All right. That was another edition of Real Ones. We'll see you guys next week. We're just trugging along. We're ready to go. You know? Tap in. Season's starting soon. Talk to y'all later. Bye! Must be 21 years and older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-800-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.